Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak ah the masters golf tournament the gift that keeps on giving to this show we had tom hoagie on last week tom is certainly obviously playing in the masters this week and uh had some had some pretty good runs at it too so uh really proud of the way tom's playing down in one of the toughest courses later in the show john rubis is going to join us his son his 10-year-old son competed in the drive, chip, and putt contest at Augusta uh, about a week ago. So that's really good stuff. John is a Fargo South graduate. His son, they're out of, somewhere in Texas right now is where they qualified. And the finals for this kid was in Augusta. How cool is that? But first and foremost, the gentleman before me, I, I have this photo. You know, it's black and white. Sorry about that, Mike. But uh, we didn't have color photos, I don't think, back in the forum in 1986, I think, is when you played it. I, I'm guessing the sweater was yellow. The sweater the was sweater yellow. The sweater was yeah. yellow, and yes. Pull, pulled up by my elbows, and uh, I, that was the cool thing back then. You know? It was, yeah. It was up the elbows, yeah. Not, <laughs> and no no logos on it either. You had no logos. You were just a one-man amateur band then. I was a one-man band sponsored by my dad. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's very cool. Ernie, Ernie from the Chalet Supper Club in Oaks, North Dakota. That's right. Well, welcome to the golf show once again. I know uh, you've, you. been a, you've been a great guest over the years and, and a real good friend to me and the golf show so i appreciate you coming over here uh let's go around and talk about augusta and the course yeah because i I've, you and i have talked about it before but it just never gets old to me you know it's just the story it just never gets old and what comes to mind when you played it back then uh, when you're thinking driving around out on the country road doing your job does anything come to mind from your days those those two rounds you played you know when I'm when I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> comes to mind uh, every year this time of year, obviously. Yeah. And, and now that Tom is there, um, uh, it, I'm, I'm just so thrilled for him, and he's playing fantastic. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But you know, back in '86, what I remember the most is the elevation of the golf course. And you know, before I got there, we you know we always watched it on TV, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, the technology of TV has gotten better and better over the years, but until Tiger with his comeback this year, uh, I think this is interesting. No one really ever talked about the elevation of the golf course until they started talking about Tiger maybe not being able to walk it right because there's 175 feet of elevation drop between those 18 holes and uh i I think we're seeing it now and it's gotten a lot of it's gotten a lot of hype a lot of press they're now talking about the elevation of the golf course and it is it is astounding how up and down that place is and that's what i remember the most of course i remember the fast greens Mm -hmm. um They've put more length on the golf course now. They have. There's yep. probably four or five holes that have anywhere from anywhere from 25 to 50 or 60 yards on them. So, uh, you know, when I played there, the golf course was about 7,000 yards. 
and they're probably playing at about 7,400 now, which is a big deal. That's that's a lot of yardage. And there'd be a lot of par fives out there for me right now, for sure, besides the four par fives. Right. Well, number 10, <laughs> let's just take number 10, for instance. And you told me that your elevation book, 100-foot drop from T to the green. 100-foot drop. That's a lot. That's And I looked it up online, and it's actually 110 feet. 110. 110 feet from T to green. And it's a you know, it's a big sloping right to left uh, golf hole. So you know that's why Mickelson, uh, the lefties can really blast that thing around the corner with a big hard cut. It's hard to hit a draw without mm-hmm. hitting a quick hook uh, to shape that hole. So those lefties really have an advantage on some of those holes. Fourteen is another one. Thirteen is another one. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but if, if you can if you can beat one around the corner with a hard a hard hook or draw or a fade for a lefty, you know, they're hitting it down there at 350. Let's take yeah. number 13, for example. This is the end of Amen Corner. And it's a sharp dog like par five. And that's why it really favored a guy like Bubba Watson with the power fade. So Tom played it Thursday and hit it into the woods on the left. He just, I don't know if he couldn't get it through the, and, and he tried to shave too much off the corner right. or just uh, just hooked it in there because he plays a power fade. Mm-hmm. He tends to. On Friday, he he played a conservative. I think he, it looked like he had a fairway wood off the tee and then laid up and as a par five and then had 80 yards in to try to get birdie. So I think he learned something there. Yeah, he did. And and it's it's a hole where if you can get it around that corner, which he tried to on Thursday, uh, and probably got a little too cute with it, probably mm-hmm. hit a little bit of a pull. Um, it looked like he had a lost ball there for a while, but uh, he ended up making par in that hole. But you know what? you got to respect that hole, even though it's, uh, it's almost a 45-degree dog leg left right right it's certainly 60 degrees yes um and it's just tough to get that ball it's it's tough to keep it out of the pine straw straight through the fairway and if you shape it enough to the left uh you might have a go on it but then you're sitting on the ball could be a foot above your feet yep and it's just a tough angle to get it across ray's creek and, and keep it on that green mike polak joins us on the golf show with jeff kopak 740 the fan is your dial 107.3 on the fm dial 740 the com is the web address gunderson jewelers studio that's where we're broadcasting from tom god he he opens friday with two birdies almost had three in a row and just on the cusp his putter just wasn't hot it was close, but it was just, you know, he missed a couple, I thought, makeable ones. Yeah, he did. He, you know, he made some nice putts on Friday. Um, the shot he hit on on number two, he yep. hit it kind of into the crowd to the right of the green, and he had plenty of green to work with. And if you if, if you watched, he, and I saw it, uh, a few of his holes, he just about made that shot. He was an inch away from right. going in the hole yep. to start out birdie eagle. And he played terrific on the front. He really did. Um, and, you know, to make a bogey on 10 is not so unusual because yeah. it's a hard hole. And then uh, he made a bogey on 11, Yep. Uh, hit it into the crowd up on 12T. Yeah. That, that's how scary that hole was. You know, he drove it down there about 290, and he had 247 into the hole. God, that's a long it, hole. It's just it's a par it's five. It's a beast. Yep. It, it is. I mean, yep. for, for the average... 
really, really good amateur, uh, which I, I think I used to be. <laughs> it, it's it's a, it's a five par the way it sets up. It's it just an yeah. in, incredibly difficult hole. Was there an intimidation factor for you that you had to get over when you played Augusta? Yes, uh, I got there, and I you know I got there a week early, and I ran around that place. With practice rounds and my two competitive rounds, uh, I probably played the golf course nine times. And uh, the more you play it, the more you, the more I understood where the where the trouble was. And besides the greens being uh, so difficult, and you, you can put yourself in spots where it's to two putt in a certain spot, you got to make it 15, 12, 15 footer coming back because mm-hmm. if you're on the wrong side of the hole, you just got nothing. Um, but the golf course is so intimidating, especially when the wind blows. Uh, it's supposed to be cool this weekend, mm-hmm. um, today and Sunday. And, um, you know, uh, when I played, it was in the low 50s when I teed off. I played early both days. Okay. I played early on Thursday, mm-hmm. and I shot an 82 and played with Mac O'Grady the, f- the second day because they paired us by score then. So we were the first group out, and it couldn't have been 50 degrees, and the wind was blowing about 20. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I think I had driver, some kind of a utility. If I had one back then, maybe a three-wood into the first hole. Yeah, um, just incredibly difficult, um, especially when you're not warm. <laughs> and, you, and, and you're from Oaks. And it's tough to get the ball up in the air, you yeah. know. So it, it, it's it's really a hard golf course. And, it, and TV doesn't do it justice. But, uh, I, I, you know, the camera angles now are out there where you can actually see the elevation. You mm-hmm. really can. Yeah. What would you shoot the second day? I shot 74 the second that's, day. That's solid golf. Yeah. I, you know, I played nice. I shot 38 the first day on the front. Yeah. I'm playing with Gary Player. I think I had a three putt, and I told my brother Doug, who was caddying for me, I said, "Man, I said let's get to the back." And I, I was feeling really good. I my my nerves were kind of gone, uh, wasn't noticing the people, and I hit a quick hook on ten, found mm-hmm. it, made bogey. <laughs> hit a quicker lower hook on eleven, yeah. made double. Yeah. Hit it in the water on twelve. Ouch! Amen. And yeah. I think I made bogey on thirteen, which right. is possibly a birdie hole. And I, I, in in a matter of, I was feeling good on the tenth tee, and in a matter of twenty five or thirty minutes, I thought I was going to shoot fifty. You can't get lucky on that course. It is there's just no forgiveness there. No, there is none. Um, you you got to you got to really pay attention, especially in those those conditions when you're you know I've had friends that went out there and played, and they mm-hmm. said, wow, what a what a spectacular place. But then you put 40,000 people around those holes, and uh, it's a bit claustrophobic. Um, you have mm-hmm. to know where not to hit it, and it's really hard to hit it in the right places on that golf course because you can make a bogey on any one of those holes really easy. We're going to take a break. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. More with our conversation with Mike Podolak right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger. I saw you look at me and wonder Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, as presented by Michelob Ultra, coming to you from the Gunderson Jewelers Studios on 740. The fan, Mike Podolak, is the guest. No longer the last North Dakotan to play in the Masters. You have to give that up, I guess. <laughs> I got to give that up. And, you know, I was doing a little research on my own, and, you know, Mike Morley played... 
I think he played three or four times. Um, he won on the PGA Tour. He qualified in, in different categories. So I was a second, and now Tom was the third. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been a long time. It's been 36 years since I was there, and now Tom is there uh, putting on a good show. Mike's going to be a guest of this show here in the next uh, two or three weeks. So looking forward to catching up with Mike. Oh, I Mike Morley is yes. good. Oh, good for him. Good yep. for you guys. Yep. Tom Hoagie, I talked to his college coach. Bill Montagle from TCU. Okay, and he and he said he loves Northern kids because he loves the toughness. He has a connection to Connecticut players. JJ Henry has a you know obviously with a Dave Dave Schultz and and Andy Doden. Brandon Askew was down there, and then certainly Tom. What is it about the Northern kids? Are, are, are we tougher? <laughs> Maybe we are. I don't know. We're, we're less spoiled, that's for sure. I mean, if you're, I, I, I'll make fun of the Southern kids because I had teammates down at Odessa College yes. and SMU mm-hmm. uh, that were Southern guys, and uh, you know, they wondered how much, you know, how much time do we have to play golf up here? What's our season length? All that kind of stuff. And I says, you know, we played. You know, probably six months, maybe two weeks on either side of that. I said we played as much as we could, and uh, you know, we we, back then. You know, I'm talking 35, 40 years ago now when I was in college. um, um, Brad Schmier and Mike Barge and myself all ended up at Odessa Junior College, and so Mm -hmm. there was a run of Northern players, especially around this area. Some uh, Western Minnesota guys were down there. the coach liked us. He, uh, we, we just had. Uh, I don't know if we're any tougher than anybody, but uh, it, w- it was just the, the kind of thing that if you were from the north and you spent a lot of time playing golf, um, maybe you were a good fit. Well, here's you know? what Andy told me. He said they like players too because they know there's more in the tank. That's a limited season. They're probably not peaking out whatsoever. A lot of the northern kids are multi-sport athletes. You get them down into Texas and play all year round, there's just a bigger, I think, upside to the game. Yeah, and you know, if, if you looked at all the great college players over the years and a lot of the guys on the tour that have been that had great careers out there, a lot of them did come from, uh, I don't know, south of the Mason-Dixon line, whatever you want to describe it. But uh, there was, you know, Tom Watson was from Kansas City, um, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's far enough north where... Um, he didn't play year round either, so yeah. it, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, some of those coaches uh, look for unique fits. That uh, there's a lot of great golf played in out in uh, uh, New England, out on the East Coast, mm-hmm. where they have some weather weather problems too. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was a good fit for me. I can tell you that to go south and, and get some golf under my belt. That's how I got better. You mentioned this in the first segment. You played with Gary Player, who, by the way, still looks like he's in fantastic shape and can, can should still be playing competitively. But you played with Gary Player. What was yes. that like? Well, he it was it was terrific. He was a he was a a real gentleman. He was uh, very very intense. Um, in '86, it hadn't been too long. I think he won the Masters in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, it was competitive in the years between 86 and 78. And traditionally, what they do is the amateurs that qualify they pair them with former champions and uh, Gary happened to get me Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he was thrilled about that but uh, we had a great time he was uh, very personable uh, didn't say a lot but a really intense guy and uh, um, really intense huh really intense um but was polite, right? You know, but he minded intense. his own business, and he just uh, uh, he acknowledged my shots. But it was uh, 
I was I was nerved up to play with him, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I, I got through it okay with him. You bet. Were you treated like any other player there, or were you treated like some guy from Oaks who qualified because you were on the Walker Cup? How were you treated there? <laughs> you know, it was about a month after I got my invitation. Um, uh, I, I called the club and I talked to well, the secretary, the, the press people, stuff like that, and got my arrangements lined up. And I said, you know, w- you know, when can I come? When can I come and look at the golf course and play? They said, uh, you can come anytime you want, stay as long as you want. Wow, you're you're an invited guest mm-hmm. playing the Masters, and the, the place is yours. So that's why I got there a week early. I thought, <laughs> why I take advantage? You should have got a it. month early. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had the nicest chat with. Uh, uh, you know, it, now it's Fred Ridley who was the chairman of the board there. Mm-hmm. It, back then, it was Horde Harding, and uh, I, I got to Augusta that morning on a Thursday early, and he knew I was on the property, and and I was uh, invited to his office, ex- escorted to his office, and we had the nicest chat. He asked me uh, where I was from, all kinds of great personal questions, and we just had a. He made me feel so welcome, and. Uh, uh, I stayed in the crow's nest one night. That's where t- traditionally where some of the amateurs stay when they're when they're uh, when they're invited. So, but then we had a I had friends and family coming down, so we had a house rented. But they they couldn't have been nicer. It's just a a, a wonderful place to be, and uh, um, I haven't been back since. How about that? Yeah. You also had a nice conversation with Jack Nicholas on the first tee. I did. Yes. Um, I got there Thursday. It might have been Friday before a lot of the players got there, and it was late at night, and I was it, it was dusk, and I was getting done. Uh, my brother wasn't there yet. He caddied for me, and my my Augusta caddy and myself were walking towards the clubhouse, and I see this lone figure on the first tee with a, just a little shag bag with maybe I don't know. 20, 25 balls in it, and he was pounding drivers up the fairway, and the closer I got, I thought, well, that's Nicholas, for crying out loud. He was using the first tee as his own driving range he kind was of hit, thing? He was hitting balls up uh, up the first fairway, and, you know, he was, he, uh, he, he I think he's probably fairly welcome there, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess you can do what you want when you're Jack. And there, there weren't any members there, and he was by himself, and I walked up behind the tee, which was, he was probably maybe... 30 yards away from me you know I was just kind of observing him and he turned around and he looked and he looked again and and he started walking towards me and I thought here we go mm-hmm. I get a chance to meet Jack Nicholas and he walked up and uh, asked me who I was I, had, I introduced myself uh, from North Dakota and uh, asked me how I got there and and how I qualified and we had the nicest chat for a couple of minutes and you know what do you say to Jack Nicholas? Um, uh, you nice could, to you meet could say you. that he was yeah. he played. I think he played as an amateur, and there's a term in Edgewood, and he lost. You could have told him that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice one, Jack. That, that was went everywhere. The, the national JC come to my backyard, think, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I've I've seen a picture of that. He was a young kid. Anyway, I, I asked him how his game was. I said, Hey, Jack, how you playing? How's your game? He said, It's lousy. He said, That's why I'm out here pounding balls up the first fairway and. Uh, uh, we made some chit chat and mm-hmm. and we shook hands and away I went and of course as fate would have it he ends up winning the golf tournament that it year was, that year 1986 yeah his sixth green jacket that's it right. was pretty incredible yeah but I met him face to face wow <laughs> shook his hand that's awesome the uh, the undulation and you told me a couple of weeks ago when I did a story for uh, the forum that maybe 20 percent 
chance you had a flat lie? You're, yeah. And you didn't, you didn't grow up on courses where there wasn't a lot of uneven lies. No, and, and it's it, that's what makes a golf course so interesting and so difficult, too, is that, you know, besides the speed of the greens and uh, the length of the golf course, the bunkers, everything else, the wind, uh, the elevation, it's, um, how can I put it? Yeah, I you know I watched it on Thursday on TV, mm-hmm. and you could tell that uh, you know besides being you know when you're on the tee that's fine, you drive it down the down the fairway or you're around the greens hitting a pitch or whatever it might be. I would say twenty percent of the time you might have an even lie. Right. I two out of two out of ten shots. The, your ball's either above your feet or below your feet or. Uh, uphill downhill uh, and, and that's it takes a lot of skill to do that and adapt to that and um, you know those guys play enough um where it, they can navigate around a golf course like that and, and i did I, I did my best too but it, that, that was really difficult i hit some i hit some clunkers i did I hit a I hit a lot of uneven lies, you know, in in the by the river on the downhill going into the river, <laughs> stuff like that. And that's when I that's where I get my practice. Uh, that's when the ball is three feet below. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> uh, sure. Before I let you go, how's your game? How are you playing? Well, I don't play as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play a lot of. I don't hardly play any tournament golf anymore. I, it, it, you know, I I ran hard and played hard for. Oh, a good 25, 30 years. And it's not that I ran out of gas, but, you know, I got married. I started having kids. My business grew, and I just kind of lost my—I did. I lost my sizzle for uh, for competitive golf, a lot of tournament golf, mm-hmm. uh, because I played every weekend someplace when I was in that 25-year run, you know. Um, so I went hard for a long time, but uh, my game is actually pretty good. I I can st- I can still get it around. I've lost, I think I've lost twenty or thirty yards off the tee for sure, and that's uh, that's not easy to take. But I, I look at the calendar and I go, you know what? I don't feel like I'm sixty eight, but. Uh, <clears throat> Who are you kidding? You can go out and shoot 67 tomorrow at Oxwell. <laughs> Don't be giving me that. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to shooting my edge one of these days, but i got to find the right golf course to do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Mike. Appreciate thank you, it. Jeff. I appreciate being here. Okay. Yeah, thanks. That's Mike Podolak. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. Stay with us. We're going to a a drive, chip, and putt. You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, I love the junior golf stories. We'll be back right after this. Stealing out that trap, it'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing. Though I wouldn't give you a nickel if I one time around you. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com is the website. We come to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studio here at the Master Control in Fargo. Thanks again to Mike Polak for joining us in the first half of the show. Mike is, uh, God, he's always fun to talk to. We could talk for four hours on the subject of golf. We're going from a, uh, shall we say, a veteran golfer. We're going to talk uh, a little youth golf here. And uh, really cool thing, the, uh, the the drive, chip, and putt. It's a, it's a program that the PGA got started in 2013. And it culminated this year, and as it does every year, with the finalists that go to Augusta National and, and compete there. 
Joined by John Rubis, his son Lincoln was fortunate enough to advance to Augusta and play in that in that contest, and that's really good stuff. John, the, the name Rubis has a huge connection to the area, and uh, John is a Fargo South graduate. Pleased to be joined by him. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. Awesome. Hey, give, give us the Rubis name first of all. I know Tim Rubis is a name familiar to to. Uh, Pine of Palm fans. He's won, I think, a couple um, uh, senior events there. Uh, give us a little background for for the Rubus name. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it, it definitely starts with my dad, Tim. Um, he, uh, he, you're right. He's won the senior division of the Pine of Palm. Gosh, probably three or four times. Uh, he's been medalist in the uh, the the championship flight division and been uh, a a semifinalist before in uh, in in the regular division. Yep. Kind of later in life, he he didn't start playing until he was, um, I think, uh, in, in college and kind of self taught. Wow! And uh, really, really picked it up. Really enjoyed it. And then uh, I played a little bit myself, but uh, my brother Matt was a state champion mm-hmm. uh, from Fargo South in two thousand five. Um, and had a very, very decorated junior career and uh, still plays quite well out at the Fargo Country Club. And he had a teammate named Tom Hoagie. He did. Yep. And so those he's two grew up. Pretty well for himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's done okay. Uh, obviously, uh, making, the, making the cut here at, the, at Augusta. Drive, chip, and putt. Describe what that is. You know, it's, it's, I know it's like nine shots, but give us an overview of what the drive, chip, and putt is. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, my two boys have, have uh, gotten to be pretty good, pretty accomplished little tournament golfers. Um, but this is the drive, chip, and putt. It, it, it's really an initiative to grow the game. And uh, it's a free event. It's free for anyone. Uh, you know, you just have to you go to drive, like they say in all the commercials, mm-hmm. go to driveshipandputt.com. And you can find local qualifiers. Um, and they're spread out throughout the entire country. Um, and what they do is you hit three drives and three chips and three putts. Uh, the, the drives, uh, they have a grid that's 40 yards wide. It's 300 yards long. And uh, based on how far you hit it, they give you a certain number of points. If you hit it outside the grid, you score zero. And then chipping, it's about a 15-yard chip. And they have uh, rings around the hole. So if you make a chip, it's, it's worth 25 points. If you hit it within two feet, it's worth 20 and, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. Right. And then the putting, they, they give you a six-foot putt, a 15-foot putt, and a 30-foot putt. And, again, you, you're putting to rings. And if you make it, it's worth 25 and, and down the line. Um, and uh, you, you've got your local qualifiers, which is going to be about 25 kids in each age group. Um, and at the end of it, they add all the points up. And if you finish in the top three in your age group, you move on to the sectionals section, uh, the sectionals, it's the same format. Mm-hmm. It drives three chips, three putts, and, uh, they cut it down. And usually that the sectional qualifier is going to be about 15 to 20 kids. And they cut, uh, they, they take the top two in each age group and they move on to the regionals. And there's 10 regionals throughout the country. Um, ours happen to be in Arkansas. And it, what they do, what's really neat with that is they, they pick very high-end, well-known courses. 
Um, I think uh, Bears Club down in Florida, Ocean right. Club in Arkansas, Pebble Beach, and uh, they they take one, and it's usually I think it's around fifteen kids again in each age group, and uh, the the winner in each age group moves on to um, to Augusta. Right. The uh... The local qualifiers here, Rose Creek is hosting a qualifier on July 19th. The Grand Forks Country Club has one on July 26th. These are for our listeners. And so you can also find it on, uh, just Google it, Drive, Chip, and Putt. Tipson of Mounds in Elbow Lake, Minnesota has one on July 11th. Moxon Creek Country Club in Aberdeen, South Dakota, June 3rd. And Deacon's Lodge in Breezy Point on June 28th. So really cool stuff. Your son, Lincoln, describe his journey, how he got to Augusta. Okay, yeah. So uh, I, I signed both my boys up for local qualifiers. Uh, Lincoln has an older brother named Zach, who's quite an accomplished player, too. Um, so I separated them. They both made it past their local qualifiers. It was at a couple different local courses in Dallas. And uh, Lincoln finished second in his local qualifier, which, again, it's top three move on. Mm-hmm. And everything kind of resets. There's no carryover. Um, so he got to the second round which was uh, another local course in Dallas. And uh, actually, Zach was in the top two, which is what you need to be, um, until the last group came in. So it was really close to actually getting both my boys to the regional qualifier, which would have been really neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lincoln, um, Lincoln just absolutely blew out the field in the second round. Uh, he hit three really good drives, uh, really good chips, and made two of his putts. Um, and then so that got us to Arkansas at the Elotion Club in October. And, uh, you know, w- the expectations were, were kind of low on my end because he was nine, and this was the 10 to 11 age group. Oh, playing up. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's based on what your age is going to be when you're at Augusta. And mm-hmm. so he kind of has a bad birthday. His birthday's in January. It's actually a pretty bad birthday for this particular event. Um, you know, a lot of the kids were, were way bigger than him, but uh, he, he stepped up and hit three really good drives. Hey, it's not and, football. Uh, you, I mean, you don't need an offensive lineman here, right? Exactly, exactly. So uh, he had three good drives. He actually ended up taking third place in driving, which was kind of a surprise. But, um, you know, he, little Rory proves that you don't have to be the biggest uh, to, to move it out there. Um, and then he hit three really good chips. I think all of them were about within two feet of the hole. And then uh, he made his six-foot putt. He hit his uh, his 15-foot putt within uh, an inch or two of the hole. It, it was right in the heart, just short. Mm-hmm. But he scored a lot of points for that. And then the 30-foot putt was uh, it was a really really tricky putt and everyone had trouble with it, but he got it in the in the scoring grid. And he was actually the first. Uh, the way they do the scoring for the regional is all the kids go through kind of one at a time, mm-hmm. and he was the first one out. So we posted a score, and then we just you know you really don't know. So you just sit back and wait, and we knew it was a pretty good score but uh, didn't really know where it was going to slot him. I, I figured he'd be in the top three. And all, at one by one, it was a bad weather day. Um, the scores kept coming in, and he was yeah. on top of the leaderboard. Yeah. And uh, they finally got to the last kid, and it took probably 15 minutes. 
for them to post his score, and that was that seemed like an hour. It it was a very nervous fifteen minutes. I actually was looking across the room, looking at that kid's parents, trying to just judge their reaction <laughs> to, to figure out where we stood. But right. yeah, once the dust settled, uh, he was still on top, and and that punched our ticket. That's awesome, and that was the uh, uh, and he's nine years old playing up. That, and that's really cool. Yeah, at that time he was he was nine. Yeah. Right. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. We're going to take a break. More with John Rubis and more on his son at the Drive, Chip, and Putt National Contest at Augusta. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Final segment, this is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show brought to you at Gunderson Jewelers Studio. This is 740 The Fan, fifth largest AM signal in the country. By the way, 107.3 FM on the FM dial. John Rubis, Fargo South graduate. His son Lincoln competed in the National Drive, Chip, and Putt Contest in Augusta. And we're just getting to the fact when you got to Augusta, so I'll let you pick it up there. You go to Augusta. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but your thoughts, you and your son's thoughts. Boy, you know it's funny because he he uh, he's he's he was saying that this was a bucket list item for him, but I know I heard that. It's been a bucket list item for me for a lot longer than it has been for him. So it was really neat. Um, you know, obviously tickets are very hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have my nine-year-old son uh, get me to Augusta, and and actually I got a chance to bring my brother and my dad as well. So. You know, for us to get on the grounds there um, was was really special. You didn't get to play it. You just got to walk around it. What were you able to do? Where, where were you able to go? Well, so, it, yeah, we, we actually – and there's no ticket you can buy to get the access that we got. Um, on Sunday uh, during the competition, you know, he got to go – you know, we drove down Magnolia Lane – um, wow. And then he was on the, the tournament practice range. That's where the competition was. He was on the members-only driving range to warm up, the members-only chipping green to, to warm up as well. Um, and then uh, his, his, the putting portion of it was actually on the 18th green, which was neat. And then we had lunch in the, uh, in the clubhouse afterwards. And, boy, the, the history on the walls in – that building hmm. it's incredible right did you have to relax them did you how do you keep a kid like that just in the moment and and not making it too big for him well you know we really tried to focus on the fact that you know you won just by getting here um you know of course they're going to hand out a trophy for first second and third but the reality of it is uh you know and, and it's it's a little easier it was easier to explain it to him because he plays so many tournaments and, uh, you know, the a tournament, you know, some of the ones he plays in are nine holes, some are 18, mm-hmm. but just to say, Hey, but you're hitting a total of six shots. Cause when it goes to Augusta, it goes from nine shots down to six. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's like, Hey, anything can happen. Uh, it's a little fluky. And uh, we sort of knew just based on what his size was and what the other kids, you know, just seeing their numbers, the driving portion was going to be difficult for us to score well at it. And, uh, you know, that, that proved to be true. 
So really just tried to say soak in the moment. You're here. You've won by being here. Yep. Uh, look at this awesome package that we've gotten to experience. And, uh, you know, he'll be in the same age division next year. So if he's fortunate enough to get back, um, you know, then, then we can talk about trying to go for the trophy. Sure. I, I love the on the website, on the Drive, Chip, and Putt website, it has questions and it has answers. Who is your favorite female golfer and why? And your son? I think is Amy Olson. We know her, and she's an amazing player and a nicer person. Plus, she is bold with her Christian faith. I love, love that yeah. statement. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were, uh, you know, we've, my dad has been friends with uh, Amy's father longer than, you mm-hmm. know, she's been alive. So yep. we, uh, we grew up playing a lot of golf with their family and uh, great people. How is youth golf programs right now compared to when you grew up in Fargo and playing? I'm, I don't know where you played at as a kid, but how would you compare it now to what it is, what it used to be? Um, it, it is, uh, since COVID started, it's, it's pure insanity, um, at least. And, and, you know, from talking to other people and other parents from other parts of the country, um, you know, they'll release, you know, there's these tournament, um, these, these tours, I guess, and they'll release the, they'll say, Hey, we're going to release our schedule for the summer. Um, and they'll, they'll, it'll open at say five thirty on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and you're talking 20 tournaments. And if you're not in there signing up for the entire season within five or six minutes, the whole season's going to fill up and you're going to be on the waiting list. No kidding. That fast. It wow. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of them was four minutes and, uh, I had my credit card typed in and everything. Uh, and, Within four minutes, we were on the wait list on every single event except for maybe two. Yeah, and you guys are out of Dallas, or where, where, where do you live? Yeah, we live in Farmers Branch, which is just uh, just outside of Dallas. We actually we live on a course called Brookhaven Country Club, which is where Jordan Spieth played his junior golf. Oh, very cool! Wow, that's, that's yeah, that's a good footprint to follow. And how far out do you go yeah. for tournaments? Just around the state, or where do you go? No, uh, we we compete all over the country. Okay. Um, obviously, the majority of our golf is in Texas. You don't really have to leave our metro area to go find some uh, some good competition. But um, this year, we're gonna we're looking at doing tournaments in. Uh, we already did one in Phoenix. Um, we've got Junior Worlds at Pinehurst uh, in August. Um, Future Masters in Alabama in July. No, June. I'm sorry, June. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know we'll, we usually try to do one or two up in the uh, Midwest, uh, just to you know when we're back visiting family as well. But uh, no, the junior golf scene—it's uh, top to bottom. It's it's really competitive. Um, lots of good players, mm-hmm. very polished, and just lots of different tournaments to compete in. Do you put your son in lessons? Does he have a swing coach? Are you the swing coach? How how do you get him? Uh- uh, it, yeah, so it's it's a combination. Uh, it's a joint effort. Um, the the pro at Brookhaven that uh, he works with is the guy that was teaching Jordan Spieth uh, up through about age twelve. I think at about twelve he turned Jordan over to Cameron McCormick. But his name is Joey Anders, mm. and uh, he's been taking lessons from him. And then uh, obviously, you know, because I have familiarity with the golf swing, Joey's kind of said, "Hey, it's a 
it's a joint effort. We're going to work on this together. Um, my main focus is like setup and making sure that he's square and stuff. And I'll okay. let Joey deal with the swing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good stuff. John Rubis, just a couple more minutes left. The John Rubis, Fargo South graduate, whose son competed in the National Drive Chip and Putt Contest. The Fargo South golfers, John, there's been a lot of good ones over the years. A lot of great ones. Why do you think Tom was the one to emerge to make it? You know, that's a very good question because I'm going to say that I think that there, there's there been plenty that have been um, as talented, maybe even more talented. Um, but Tom's perseverance uh, and, and just, you know, looking at his journey, uh, you know, coming up through the you know Canadian tour, and he, he just didn't quit. He didn't give up and kept getting better and 1% better every single day. Um, and obviously that's an outside perspective, but mm-hmm. there, you know, focus on what he was, what, what he was doing. You know, the, I, I think some, some of the other, and you're right, there's been so many good golfers. Um, uh, but I think Tom really had the mission in his head, like, I'm going to do this no matter what. And I think that probably was the difference. Were you able to see him in Augusta? It was neat. Um, we followed him around for a few holes and, uh, it was, it was crazy because, he was playing right in front of in his practice round on Monday. He was playing right in front of Tiger, so there were <laughs> swells of crowds um, trying to get uh, a group or two ahead of, of Tiger to, to see Tiger. But um, you know, t- Tom is. It was uh, what I was so impressed with on the course is he was. You know, he walked right past us a couple times. My brother and I, and uh, he's so focused that he didn't even see us. Yeah, I, but, uh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as we got done, uh, as soon as he got done playing, uh, you know, we got over to the practice area, and he was over there, and he came over and was was very gracious, signed some uh, some flags for my kids, chatted us up for a bit, took some pictures with us. Um, so you know, it was really cool to see how he could turn it on and turn it off. Um, and, and go back to being North Dakota nice. That's awesome. Let's hope he turns it on this weekend in the Masters because a high finish would be really cool. John, thank you for your time. That was good stuff. Really enjoyed the stories. And uh, we'll be keep following tabs on Lincoln. Best of luck to your kids and, and, and you guys on your career. Thank you so much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. That's Thanks. John That's John Rubis, Fargo South graduate. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Thanks again to Mike Podolak for joining us on the first half of the show. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Expect anything different? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Tune in next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.